Good morning. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chaf Gimel, at least some of it, on, uh, but we start 17 lines up from the wide lines on Chaf Bez, Amid Bez, and we're in Mesechus Megillah. So, Gufa, Rav Ikla Lebavel Betaynis Tibor. We were t- telling a story yesterday when Rav went to Bavel. The issue we were talking about then was the Aliyahs. Did he, dab, did he make Ebrachah before, Ebrachah after? It says, Kam Kor Besifra Pasach Baruch Hasim Baruch. He rose to get an Aliyah. He said a bracha before, he didn't say a bracha after. So yesterday we discussed the first part of the story about why he would have said a bracha before and not after. Uh, and we, uh, today we make a bracha before and after every person who gets an aliyah, obviously. But now we're going to focus on the second part of the story, which is why is it that everybody was doing nefilas apaim? And he did not do the filas apayim. Says the Gemara, "My time arrived on the Everyone's saying tachnan as we say it, doing the filas apayim. Why is he not saying tachnan? Says the Gemara. Well, it's not that he's not saying tachnan. He's just not doing the filas apayim. He's not putting his head down. Gemara says, "Ritzvah shelavanim ha'isa," because the floor was made of stone, and as we know, we're not supposed to bow down on a floor made of stone, right? That's why they give out the paper towels and some shuls, right? When you're doing duchening in, right on uh, down on the floor, on Yom Neroim, Batanya. That's the source. The Pasuk says, you're not supposed to place uh, and lay down on a on, on stone. Okay. Uh, that's, that's in the Torah. So it says, Which is to say, that in the base of Mikdash, where you have the marble floors, so the stone floors, you are supposed to bow down, but nowhere else. So it's basically like a Zecher the Mikdash, right? Only in the stone floors of the base of Mikdash may we bow down, not in regular other stones. And and the Torah uh, said uh, that, that you're not allowed to bow down on, um, uh, you, you are allowed to bow down, but not on anything other than, than stone floors. Right? In other words, only stone floors are not allowed. So the Gemara says, Okay, so it sounds like we're talking about a shul where there's marble floors. And so why is it only Rav that's not bowing down? Everybody should be refraining from bowing down. So the Gemara, Kamei the Rav Havai. No, he was sitting by the Mizrach Vant, right? And only there was a marble stone floor, but everywhere else was carpeted. So that's why everybody else, other than him, was able to do nefilas uh, apayim. So says the Gemara, So okay, so let him go, get off his high horse, so to speak, right? Get at, uh, and walk in, into the carpeted area with the hamon am, and he'll do nefilas apayim there. Says the Gemara, lo by the mitzvah tzibura. As Aritzkol explains, by walking past them, they would have had to rise up. And so he didn't want to create a commotion where everybody's standing and waiting for him to get down into the carpeted area, and therefore he waited, uh, and, uh, and therefore, rather, he stayed where he was, and that's why he was not able to do Nafil Sapaim. Or, Rav had a different way of doing Nafil Sapaim than everyone else. Everyone else did what we do, where we go down on our arm. He used to... Uh, prostrate himself completely on the floor with arms and legs extended. So whereas everyone else was sitting at their desks, so what? There's a marble floor. They're just putting their arm, their heads down on their desks. He's actually getting down on the floor. So the floor only matters to him, right? That's the thing with us. We don't have paper towels during the regular week, right? We, because we're going down on the desk. It's only during Yom Narayim where we get down on the floor that we, that we put down the, the towels. Okay. Right? And Ula says that that's the only time that you can't have on, uh, down on the marble floor is 
right, when you are actually going all the way down. So the asks, Okay, so let him put his uh, arm down on the desk like we do today for the fields of So he says, No. He, that's his minog. His minog was to go all the way down, and so he didn't want to change that minog. Or maybe you could say that um, that if he's an Adam Chashiv, then it's different. Like what Rabbi Lazar said. What did Rabbi Lazar say? A person, right, who's an Adam Chashiv, can only do in the field of he can only do so if he's really confident that he's righteous, that he's real tzaddik, right? Kishur bin Nun. In other words, this was an issue like this, that if you ever saw a real, real chash of a person like, like, like Yeshua ben Nun, you would see that that's how they do in the field sapayim. We're regular Pashtun people, so we do it on our arms, but the real chashivers, they do it all the way down. Like it says, We already brought this as a raya of the malach, and whether you're allowed to right, uh, regard the malach, and that had to do with Yeshua getting up. Which is a, ra- a raya that he was laying down. So now six lines up from the bottom on chafezim based on our Kida So now these are the different terms of bowing down. Kida is the word you use when it means bowing on your face. And that's what she did. She bowed down on her face. Kriya alberkaim. So again, bowing down on your face is kida. On your knees is kriya. Mikra alberkav. That's when we bend the knees, right? And the mishtachavim, to really bow down, as we know, right, means that you're prone with your, uh, extend your arm and legs, because like it says, right, this is what Yaakov said to Yosef when he was incredulous about the dreams. Are we going to go and prostrate down all the way to the ground? Which means that is when it's all the way on the ground. So really that is the, the old school, real full way of Bowing down. So Levi, we've already learned this in the end of Tainus, that when Levi once demonstrated how to do kida, which is supposed to be on your face, he actually blew out his back and became right crippled from it. garmale. So, so here we're saying that it was from the bowing technique that he had that he blew out his back. But was that the source? This is a straight up copy and paste from Tainus. It says, We said a person should never. Right, complain upwards, and that's why it happened. What happened? Levi, who was the person who he right through his complaints to heaven and became crippled? That was Levi. So it says the Gemara. So in other words, was it that he uh, did this unusual face plant that caused him to blow out his back, or was it his behavior? What was the behavior? He, he was saying he was basically he spoke to Hashem in a very familiar fashion, saying. What are you doing? Why are you leaving us hanging? You're not giving us any rain, Hashem. And so what's Pashtas Pash of the Gemara is that it was that behavior which was the source which then made him vulnerable. When he did the face plant, Hashem made sure that his back would blow out. And that became a musa for everyone going forward. Okay. So now the last line on Chavbez and Bez. How did they do? They were leaning on each other. Right? So, in other words, they, they didn't fall on their faces to the ground, and therefore leaning on each other was permitted for them to do. Right? As Rashi, the first Rashi of Gimel Amaralf, Al-Tidein, Velo Nofli, Plain Mamish, Lefisha, Enadam Chashev, Rashi, Lipo, Alpanov. So, Andrew, you're an Adam Chashev, you don't have to fall flat on the ground, you can lean like Abai and Rava, it's good, it's good enough for us. Okay. All right, 6 a.m., Chav Gimel Ralf, 
Here we go. Biyom tab chamisha, biyom kippurim shisha. What's going on? The number of aliyahs per day. Says the Gemara. Masidin mani lo rabbi shemav lo rikiva. Our Mishnah right went through how many aliyahs we have per day, but it seems like it doesn't go like neither rabbi shemav or rabbi kiva. The Tanya because the Brisa says biyom tab chamisha, biyom kippurim shisha, b'shabes shiva. Ain pochtin ve'ain mehen ve'ain mosifalim. Dib rabbi shemal. Rabbi shemal shita is. It sounds like very much like us. And Yontav, we do five. Yom Kippur, you do six. Shabbos, you do seven. That's what we do. Except for, he says that you don't, do, you don't add or take away. In our Mishnah, we were talking about Hosafos. Sounds like you can add. Oh. So, in that sense, it's not like Rabbi Shemel. Rabbi Kiva is going to be totally different because he's going to switch up Yom Kippur and Shabbos as follows. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Yomtav Chamisha, Yom Kippur, Shiva, Shabbos, Shisha. So, he keeps Yontav as five, but then he's got six on Shabbos and seven on Yom Kippur. But he likes, he allows you to give Osafa. So in that sense, he is like our Mishnah. He's like our Mishnah, he allows Osafa, but he switches how many aliyahs you have on Yom Kippur and on Shabbos. So the Gemara asks, Mani. So then which one of, of this is us? Right? If it's Rabbi Shmael, so the issue is that he doesn't allow us to give it to Osafas, and our Mishnah does. If it's Rabbi Akiva, he's switching the sick, how many aliyahs you have on Yom Kippur and on Shabbos. It says the Gemara, Marava, Tanya, Devei Rabbi Shmaili. Really, it's like Rabbi Shmael. The Tanya, Devei Rabbi Shmael, Biyom, so now it's going to quote a Bryce, the name of Rabbi Shmael, where it's basically our Mishnah, that he has six aliyahs on Yom Kippur, seven aliyahs on Shabbos, and allows Hosafos. Because it says, Biyom Tov Chamisha, Biyom Kippur, Mshisha, B'Shabbos, Shiva, Ein Pachtim Hem, Aval Mosif, and Aleim, Divrei Rabbi Shmael. There you go. But the problem is, says in the Gemara, Kasha, Devei Shmael, Devei Shmael. Yeah, well, now we have a steer in Rabbi Shmuel. Which one is the real Rabbi Shmuel? Will the real Rabbi Shmuel please stand up? One of them says that you can have a safos. One of them says that you cannot. Answers the Gemara, Trey Tanaya, Libra, Rabbi Shmuel. That's a machalokas tanaim. We go according to the Tana, who says, like the second version of Rabbi Shmuel. That's our Mishnah. Okay. Right, but we obviously don't go to Rabbi Kiva. Um, Rabbi Kiva makes uh, some sense to us, right? Because we would think that, oh, Yom Kippur, Shabbos, Shabboson, it's more holy Right, then Shabbos, that's what we always, because it's only once a year, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is now that Shabbos, the Isser is, uh, uh, for, for, uh, Chal, Shabbos, is Bezdin Shomata, right? You get an Isser Skila. That's not the case for Yom Kippur. And therefore, it, it, the, uh, it should be partial for us, but there may be a Hosafa involved in Yom Kippur that's not on Shabbos. And that would be the reasoning for Rabbi Akiva. Perhaps that Hosafa would be Na'ila. Nihilo, we don't have on a regular Shabbos. So let's see. Says the Gemara. It's interesting, right? When we sing the Mizmor called Mekadeh Shivi, we say, we're, really, we're talking about something else there. We're talking about um, that we like to bring in Shabbos early and do Tosefes Shabbos at the end. Right? We want to start Shabbos early on Arab Shabbos and then we want to delay Shabbos at the end. Here they're talking about coming to Shul. Coming to shul early and late. Coming to shul, uh, yeah, that's what it sounds like. It says, The Bryson says, You come to shul late, as we'll see, because you're preparing Shabbos Yantiv. Can you prepare before uh, shul? It's a whole hawk. You have to listen to Rabbi Leibowitz for that. Uh, apparently, you, maybe you can because it's the Mitzvah. And for the same reason, you're run, rushing home. I know people like this, that they come to shul late and then they rush home for Kiddush. Um, I've met people like this, and so that's what you do on Yontav again, because it's chatzil lachem. So you have to prepare the meal, you gotta go back and have enough time to eat the meal. But Yom Kippur, Marin Lavoma, Achran Latseis. So that makes sense, you're not having any meals, so you better get to shul nice and early for your Yom Adin, and then leave late. 
And Bishabis Mimaharin Lavo Mimaharin Latseis. Not like Kol Mekadesh. You rush to get the shul early, because remember, the shul's already up from last night, right? You don't have to prepare, because you've already prepared. Mimaharin, right? Because if you're cooking, on Shabbos you're not. Mimaharin Latseis, but you are having a meal, so you're rushing home to shul. Good. So who does this hold like? What does this have to do with anything? Watch this. This is uh, an homage to Barry, the Yeki. Maybe when it says that we are that we get home faster on Shabbos because we're memarin latzeis, we get home faster from shul on Shabbos than we do on Yom Kippur. It's because maybe it's uh, to illustrate Rabbi Akiva who says we have one extra li on Yom Kippur. See, Barry is a yeki, so Sandy knows when it's Yom Kippur versus Shabbos because Barry gets home a minute later because there's one extra aliyah, right? It's like the old yekisha jokes, okay? Literally using this as a, as a raya that there's seven aliyahs on Yom Kippur and six on uh, Shabbos. Says the Gemara, however, Yeah, uh, if you got home later on Yom Kippur, it's not necessarily because the extra aliyah and it's not reflective of the position of Rabbi Akiva. It's maybe the fact that the sitter has like 2,000 pages, right? There's a lot of hosafos. Right, that's what it means. Do you ever see a Yom Kippur Machser? It's fat and long, and therefore that's why he's coming home, not Dafka because of the extra layer. What the Havamin and the Maskana there is fascinating, right? It's uh, almost, uh, um, uh, it's, uh, there's a humor there. Okay, fine. Now, similar to how we said the Shbrachos of Shmaneser recently were in, uh, had different slots that were also, aside from all the reasoning we gave, we also gave symbolism to it. So now we're going to give some symbolism here too to why we have three aliyahs on some days, five aliyahs on, on some days, and seven aliyahs on, uh, on other days as follows. What is a corresponding sort of mnemonic to it? So, had a dispute with somebody. Who was that person that he disputed with? Okay. Some people say Well, either way, disputed this issue, and some say it wasn't Rav Shimon ben Rav Yitzchak ben Nachmani, but rather Avraham Lev Rav Shmuel ben Nachmani. Be that as it may, there's three. What's the three aliyos? Either the three psukim in the well. What happens is you have three psukim in Birchas Kohanim. Uh, in the first pasuk, and then five in the sec, in the next one, and seven in the next one. So again, three aliyahs on a on a regular day, five on a yontif, seven on a Shabbos. Some say v'chadam are connected shlosha shomrei hasaf. The three numbers that are mentioned in, if you look in all of right psukim uh, in Tanakh, you'll see guardians of the threshold, as they say, of the king. Chamisham meroi pnei hamelech. So three were the shomrei hasaf, five were the roi pnei hamelech. And Shiva were the Rope Pnei HaMelech in, as Rashi goes through all of them, right? Like, Chabishon Mi Rope Pnei HaMelech, Shiva Rope Pnei HaMelech over there, he says, the seven, because it says, Shivasare Paras Umadai, that's actually a Pasuk from Megillus Esther, so it's a Dafyomi coincidence there, or a Lublinar moment, if you will. And, Umeheim Yesh Chamishach Hashuvim, in other words, right, Dechsev Besof Melachim, Shlosh Hashem Asaf, Besof Sefer Melachim, right, Right, In other words, Malchus has to do with Torah, which has to do with the number. Again, it's mnemonics, it's allusions to the fact that sometimes you have three people watching the king, sometimes five and sometimes seven, as appears in Psukim. Okay. Another, and, and then now we're going to have a Brysa that basically spells out that same issue. Tani Rabbi Yosef, that's Shlosha Chamisha Mishiva, Shlosha Shomi Asaf. Chamisha Meroi Pnei Hamelach and Shiva Roe Pnei Hamelach. There you go. 
as Rashi explains, is the five most chashuv ones. Be that as it may, it's an illusion, right? How would we ever know that that applies to Leah's? I don't think that we would, right? Um, but maybe we would. It's just that that's the lima that's that's uh, related to the number of Leah's here. So anyway, <laughs> an interesting exchange between Yosef and and. Um, and Abaye. This Baisa comes in from Rabbi Yosef, and Abaye was his Talmud, and he says, Why did you never teach us this until now? That's a great vart. So I'm Rabbi Yosef said to him, I didn't know, how would I, could I have known that you didn't know that? Everybody knows that. And, and Rabbi Yosef adds and asks Abaye, Was there ever a, question, a time when you asked me a question and I didn't answer you? Fascinating exchange. We've seen many exchanges between Abaye and his Rabbi Yosef. Uh, and this one's certainly fascinating indeed, right? You should ask questions. In other words, Rabbi Yosef assumed by the, I mean, it's a good question. Why do we have sometimes three, sometimes five, sometimes seven? If you see something and you don't understand, you should ask. How could have, uh, Yosef have known that Abaye didn't know after all these years, uh, what the reasoning was? But be that as it may, once he said it, Abaye thought it was a great vart, and he loved to hear it, and they had this exchange. So what, in other words, the Quran, what's the most moment we have is ask questions if you see something and you don't know the reason. Fine. Why is he called Yaakov Mina? I guess he came from Mina. It's one of the possibilities from a place called Mina. He asks, Honey, she should him keep her him connecting me. So what is the six? We did the three, five, and seven. What's the six of him keep her? I'm like, Can I get she should him Mina? Shall Ezra Shisha me smolo? Again, some sort, something to do with regalness and royalty, like the uh, flanking um, on yeah on uh, at a at a at an, uh, the Sefer Torah, just like we do around a king in some ways. So in this case, Ezra had six on one side, six on the other. Shnemar. Uh, right, he stood on a wooden tower, which was made for purpose. Again, this is pomp and circumstance when they're reading the Torah. So these are the six people on one side. So on his right side, it says how many people are there. It sounds like uh, six. Uh, six guys, but actually, if you read it, it says the guys on the left, there's seven names. So what's going on? We thought it was six and six. It says the Yeah, in that second pasuk, we quoted, uh, we mentioned Zechariah and Mishulam, the last two. Those are the same dude. They called him Mishulam. Why? Because he was truly uh, complete and holistic in his deeds. Okay. Anyways, now, who can get an aliyah? Everybody can get aliyahs. Uh, somebody tell Rabbi Rose. Even children and women can get aliyahs. But the Chavim say that don't give women aliyahs. Why Kvod Sibur? What's the Kvod Sibur? Because if they don't know, uh, uh, the other way, if they do know, it's going to boosh out the men that don't know. Right, because they're supposed to have gone to yeshiva and learned it already. If it had lain, this is in the days where everybody who got an aliyah had to do lading on their own. Ibailu maftir shiva. Okay, this is an interesting question. Maftir, does maftir count among the seven aliyahs or not? So whether it's counted in the is considered like an aliyah. Um, in other words, if it's not considered an aliyah, then a, then a woman or a cotton can actually. Uh, get it. So, Manda Amar Ola, the high curry. Well, if you think it's an actual aliyah, well, actually, you're getting up there. The high curry. You're getting up there. They're reading the Torah. Sounds like an aliyah. Manda Amar Eina Ola, Kid Ula, the Amar Ula. Ula says an interesting thing. Why do you, what? 
when he says maftir, he means, again, our minhag of saying haftorah, right, after Kriyasa Torah. So why is it that whoever gets called up to read from the Navi of the Haftarah, why does he get an Aliyah also? It's really Kavat Torah. In other words, we want, we're going to say what? That that person, as Rashi says here, In other words, we shouldn't say, oh, we get some Aliyahs are Aliyahs for the Torahs. Other Aliyahs are Aliyahs for the Navi. No, the Torah always has to be more Chashiv than the Navi, which means that if you're getting already an Aliyah for the Navi, then you have to also get the aliyah for the Torah for kavod Torah. You get it? Because you don't want to create an illusion of equality between the two. Okay. So says the Gemara, right? If we are in fact saying that the whole reason why you're getting the maftir aliyah, what we call maftir aliyah, is because of kavod Torah, so you're not really getting an aliyah, it's just a formality for, uh, for to get to, uh, right? And therefore anybody can do it. Meaning, let, let's say Navi, so let's say a Katan can really do it. The Aliyah for the Torah, the Katan cannot do. The Aliyah for the Navi, let's say the Katan could do, in theory, right? That would be like a Nafkamiya. So if the Aliyah for the Navi he could do, and therefore Maftir doesn't count as an Aliyah, so then we're going to allow you, right, to, and we're going to allow the Katan to get Maftir, Dafka, because that's different. That's just uh, an addendum, so to speak, to the Aliyah for the Navi. Um, Right? This is what, where I would, uh, fun fact, I was a Gabai in BTYA, and Rav Malinowitz, we used to give Shvi for a while, me and Matt gave Shvi to the, to like a, a kid who was recently bar mitzvah. So he said, and Maftir would be one of the most chashiv aliyahs. He said, you know, and he quoted this Gemara, you know that the halacha, Maftir is the least chashiv aliyah. Maftir is not even really necessarily an aliyah. Right? We give Ma, uh, the Haftarah, and we usually let him even daven Musaf sometimes, as a consolation prize that we insulted him by giving him after. Okay. Right, because why would you give somebody the least chash of aliyah? What, what, what is this about? So, mesve. I'm after b'nabi lo'yifchos me'asrim v'chad b'sukim. So, this price makes it sound like um, it takes a stand on whether maftir is an actual aliyah or not. Why? Because if you're maftir b'nabi, you can't have less than 21 p'sukim when you read it in the haftarah. Why? Kenegat shiva shakar b'torah. In order to correspond to the seven aliyahs of the Torah, right? Because each aliyah can have no less than three p'sukim, as we discussed yesterday. Three times seven, 21. Sounds like only the seven aliyahs, right, are, in fact, aliyahs, and not maftir. If maftir was a real aliyah, then we would have eight and therefore it would be 24 psukim. So the Gemara came in the Mishim Right, as we turn to Chavkim Obeis, Kenegdo Nami Lobai. So it's not necessary to add these psukim uh, to the Maftir, because again, since it's covered at Torah, it would be regardless of whether it was an Aliyah or not. Okay. By the way, as an aside, says the Gemara, there's way less. Uh, there, it, we said that it's a minimum of 21, but there are a lot of Haftarias that have less, less than 21 psukim. Matkif Lavrava, Barei Olosechem Svu. It's one of the haftaras which has less than twenty-one psukim. The law have Ukrina, and yes, we, and yet we read it as haftara. So, what's this idea that haftara can never have less than twenty-one psukim? So, the gemara shani hasim desalik inyana. No, that one is different because it's one complete topic. So, it's only when you have right uh, when you are in the middle of a giant topic that the minimum would be twenty-one. But that's not true either. Says the gemara veheicha desalik inyana lo. The amar of Shmuel bar Abba zimnin sagin hava kamina kameder biyochanan. A lot of times I was in shul with Rabbi Yochanan. They're saying Haftarah in shul. They're reading the Haftarah. After 10 psukim, he goes, all right, good enough. And stop the, the, the Baal Kaire. Says the Gemara, right, because where Rav was, um, right over there, Rabbi Yochanan, rather, where he was in that shul, they had a Turgamon. 
And when you have a Turgamon, then it's a lot more unwieldy because it's like the, the person who reads the Hebrew and then the Turgamon reads it, and therefore it, 10 psukim could be enough. The Tani Rav Tachlicha Bashmuel, Lo Shanol B'makam Shein Turgamon, Avamakam Sheyesh Turgamon, Posek. Whenever there's a, po- when, when there is a Maturgamon, then you could stop after 10 psukim, right? As Rashi says, Posek, uh, uh, it's the second line in Rashi, Sheyesh Tarach Tzibor, right? Who wants to sit through all that? <laughs> Okay, fine. So now we're at the Mishnah on Chavkim al Bay. So the Mishnah talking more about Ein Porson al Shmava Ein Orvin Teva. This is talking about all things that require a minion of ten men. So we're, the Gemara is going to discuss what all of these things are. Ein Porson al Shmava is really talking about like either Baruchu, right, or Kadosh Kadosh Kadosh. We'll see. Uh, those things that sound, that Kadosh, 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 right? We say it's something that sounds a lot like Kadusha around Kriya Shema, right? So do you need a minion for that Kadusha? We'll talk about it. Ve'en over in Lefnei Teva, that's talking about Chazar Sashatz, right? it requires 10 men. Ve'en Nosin is Kapeim, Duchanin needs it, 10 people. Ve'en Korim Batara, Kriya Satara, Ve'en Maftir Minavi, Yaftar also needs 10 men. Ve'en Oisin Mamed Moshe, Rashi is going to explain. This is an aspect of the Leviah, the Gemara will explain. Things that they did at Leviah's that required ten men. But ain't only birchas avelim. It's a similar thing. We'll see that to do the birchas avelim, you need ten people, a minion, ten chumei avelim. Okay, nichum avelim. And again, the structure of nichum avelim Leviah's was different in those days. So we'll, we'll describe in the Gemara what that was like and which aspects required a minion. We're very, uh, we know that right. A base avel uh, kaddish requires a minion, but we'll see. Birchas chatanim. This is also true of. The Birchas Chatanim, right? The Chupa, so to speak. The Ein Mizanim B'Shem. That is Birchas Amazon. Elokeinu, right? You always look to see if there's a minion for Elokeinu. Pachos Me'al, sorry. You can't do any of those things for less than 10 men. Uvakarkos. And when you're talking about appraising land, Tisha V'Choin. You need nine men in a coin. V'Adam Chiyotz V'Hen. And as we will see, appraisal of a human being uh, is also like that, like the appraisal of of. Uh, ground in the fact that you need a minion. Says the Gemara, we know immediately. Where do we learn that we need 10, ten people for all this? First of all, this idea that, like, obviously, Kaddish and all the Dovash Kedusha, as we're always looking for a minion because somebody has to say Kaddish, that is from Mikdash Israel. Anything like that that's a Dovash Kedusha requires a minion. My Mashma. Wait, how do we. Wait a minute. It just says, it doesn't say anything about 10. So the Gemara, the Tani of Chia, Asya Toch Toch. When you say Toch Bnei Israel, it sounds like you're inside a crowd. So Toch, you're inside. So what's the crowd? 10. Like we, we just said. Right? We said, separate yourself. Right? You should separate yourself from the 10 men. Aha. So now we have mitoch appearing in the context of Ada. And Ada we know is ten. How so? Like this. How long is this evil congregation of Korach going to exist? Malahalanasara, Afkanasara. Right? That was um, that no, I'm sorry. The Ada Ra was the spies. So the spies, right, the Miraglin we know was ten. That's what it is. The Miraglin was ten, Ada Ra. And the Ada, he bought the Mitocha Ada was Korach. So the Miraglam we know because we know the story of the Miraglam. So we know there was 10. And therefore we know that the Ada referred to by Korach is at least 10. And from there we learn, amazingly, from Miraglam and Korach that 10 is a minion. Well, that's just because that's how we learn it. That's the, that's the phraseology. You don't have to learn the phraseology from holy things. 
that we, we learned that that's an Eidah for Dover Shabbat Kedusha. Fine, 23 lines up in the middle of the page. We're talking about standing and sitting in the Leviah. This again was the custom of how they used to do the Nicham Avelim. They'd say, sit, Amodu, Shru. It sounds like you're talking to a crowd. This is not cool to have to say this when there's only like three people there. It's disrespectful. And therefore, Batsir Masar, Lavoruch Ara, says the Gemara. Less than 10 people for this procedure that they did would just seem disrespectful, be lame, right? You're not going to say, sit, you, you, you dear ones, if there's nobody there, right? My grandmother, Shalom, always used to say, you want to daven for a, for a very small Leviah, because that means no, uh, nobody, uh, that you outlived everybody. Anyway. Right, the, the really huge ones is usually tragic, Khalila. My Birchas Avelim, Birchas Rechava. It's that's that was the blessings in the street. And again, the the way they used to do the nicham avelim then birchas avelim ba'sarve ain avelim in a minion, but the mourners themselves don't count into the minion for that. Birchas chasani ba'sarve chasani min a minion, right? But you're making a chupa the chas the chasan or a shemr brachos the the chasan counts for the minion of ten. Good. Okay, vein mizayim al muslim shei pachos ma'asar. How do we know that we don't make a zimun when with the shei melokenu with less than ten? Came in the bar lemeim and avarach lelokenu. That's what we're saying. How are we going to say We're going to bless Hashem and there's going to be less than 10 people? No, you need a minion for that. Good. What's karkos? Because the word kohen is found, counted 10 times in that section of dealing with uh, being makdish things. One is for the kohen. That's why you need at least one kohen. And then you have miut achamiut teaching you the remainder of the crowd. When you have a miut achamiut, that works to expand, and therefore it's nine Israelim, one coin there for a total of ten. How do we know that it's not five kohanim and five Israelites to make a total of ten? Kasha, that's that's not a bad question. We don't know the answer to that yet. How about Adam Kiyotzbeim praising a person? So Adam Mikadosh. Wait a minute. Can a person say, "I want to be appraised"? Well. That can't be what our Mishnah means because we have something called Erechim. The Torah itself gives an algorithm. Give your gender, give your age, and it's an algorithm how much you're worth. Um, like Haredi Shiduchim, depending like, like where you are in yeshiva hierarchy and which yeshiva you go to, you know how much the Shver owes you. So the Gemara says, no, that's, that, we're not talking about those kinds of Erechim. Amar Bibo, Be'omer Dama Alai. It's a different thing. A person says, my monetary value, like were I to be sent like a slave in the market, how much would, would, would I fetch in the market? Right? The Tanya, not ending on the most PC note here. Like it says in the Baraisa, okay, right? This is like a culturally uh, different. Omer If a person says, I am consecrating my monetary value, that's like my net worth, right? It's as if a slave. How much would you, sh- would you fetch? For Evid, it kitsch like our right? In the market, and Evid's considered like our cause. You should hold them as a heritage for your children after you inherit as a possession, which is to say that it's almost like possessions, and therefore that's how they are viewed. And so now we are at the Mishnah at the bottom of Chav Gimel Amad Bez, where we can resume Bezrat Hashem tomorrow. Uh, Taos 626.